It's Jennifer Diane Ghostin, and welcome to Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land. You may have wondered what reunion looks like from an adoptee's point of view, or be embarking upon taking that journey yourself to search for your first family, or simply want confirmation that you are not alone in your experience, wherever you are on the path of healing and pushing through a trauma. Wouldn't it be empowering to have many of your burning questions answered here? I met my next guest over a decade ago when he performed his wonderful original solo play, Blank, the true story of his adoption and search for identity. The performance was at the American Adoption Congress Conference in Orlando, Florida. His name is Brian Stanton, and he knows how to light up an entire room with his charismatic and positive energy. Blank's Hollywood premiere catapulted Brian to perform all over the U.S. and Canada, earning Best Solo Acting Awards in New York and Los Angeles. Brian and I got better acquainted in 2021 at the National Adoptees and Parents Conference in Indianapolis, Indiana. As we sat together with other adoptees in conversation, I could hardly stop laughing, smiling, and learning while listening to him engage all of us with absolute joy. During that weekend at the NAP conference, Bryant presented his brilliant film, At Ghost Kingdom, to a packed room. And in his words, the film takes a magnifying glass to the search itself. Bryant has held screenings of his original film, at film festivals, as well as for adoption support and educational conferences. Allow me to introduce you to a Los Angeles-based stage actor and writer who, as an adoptee in Reunion, has taken a part of his lived experience to the stage of theater. The Love International Film Festival honored Brian Stanton with Best Screenwriter and Best Actor Awards. He's a delight to chat with, and you get the opportunity to hear a part of his adoption journey here. Hello, Brian. How are you doing today over there on the West Coast? (laughs) On the West Coast. West is the best, baby. Yeah, I believe that. I bet it is. Finally good L.A. weather. It's uh, it's been very rainy here, and we'll take the rain whenever, whenever we can, believe me. But it's been raining a lot more lately. And up north, they've gotten a lot more snow. But right today, <clears throat> it's probably low to mid-60s, blue sky, that L.A. sun. It's beautiful. It doesn't shine anywhere like it does in California. So I love California. <laughs> yeah, the sun is very special to you all. So oh, I'm so happy to have this time with you. Uh, I actually put it off way too long because, you know, we've, we met um, just kind of like in passing. We really didn't get to, to spend time talking. But when we were in Orlando, Florida, 2011, mm-hmm. you performed your original solo play, Blank. And, yes. and you've been like, since I started the podcast, you've been on my mind to just be a guest. So I just thank you for taking the time. Oh, no, Jennifer, I'm honored, honored to be here, honored that you asked me. It's an absolute pleasure. I love what you're doing here. It's great. So I I, I look forward to our conversation. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for those kind words. And, and, you know, we got to spend time together, really spend time in 2021. Yeah, at recently. The, yes, at the NAAP conference, National Adoptees and Parents in Indianapolis. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that a blast? It that was re- so much fun. It really was, especially since um, I know for me, I hadn't really been getting out or going anywhere, just kind of doing Zoom meetings. So, it was nice to, to spend time with other adoptees in person. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we were all shut in for so long and doing all these things on Zoom and, you know, seeing each other on the screen and just to be there in person. You know, to be there in person with, you know, other people in your community is so healing and beautiful and wonderful and fun as it is, right? But to be there in person, you know, it's it's just so much more personable and there's, you know, it takes it to that other level, you know, That's that community. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you would perform or um, present, I should say, Ghost Kingdom. And that was just amazing. It, it, and as you say, the film takes a magnifying glass to the search itself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was yeah. a treat. Oh, thank you. No, that was a lot of fun. So that project was originally a play also, speaking of COVID. Mm -hmm. So at Ghost Kingdom was originally a play and it was slated to uh, have an off-Broadway premiere October of 2020. And as we all know, we all know what happened. Uh, COVID hit and businesses closed and theaters (laughs) shut down all across the country. So I was still rehearsing over Zoom. I was actually in rehearsal over Zoom with with my director, uh, just thinking, oh, you know, they'll be open again in a few weeks. Oh, they'll be open again in a few weeks. And when we realized that uh, this this could be a full year, I made the decision to film it. Mm. And so... My wife and I picked up our iPhones. We downloaded what's called the Filmic Pro app. I rearranged uh, my daughter's bedroom <laughs> into somewhat of an office on, uh, you know, into a movie set. Ended up just filming it. And that's what Ed Ghost Kingdom is now. It's, it's, uh, it is a film, a filmed version of what was a play. Wow, it's so good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I and I know you're going to the NAP conference in Louisville, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you going to be there? I will. And I, I heard you presenting the, the film there, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So, wonderful. Oh, thank you. And, and we should probably tell the listeners, hey, we can plug it. We can plug it. Here yeah, we go. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. It's, uh, yeah, the Untangling Our Roots conference. It's hosted, team hosted, right? by National Association of Adoptees and Parents and the Right to Know, Right to Know organization. And uh, so there's going to be people uh, not only in the adoption community, but uh, I believe donor-conceived, non-paternal events or or non-parental events, whatever discovery they made. So it would be a great mixed community where we have a lot of similarities, you know, uh, we cross over on that Venn diagram as far as uh, some of this stuff goes. And yeah, I'll be uh, presenting at Ghost Kingdom because at Ghost Kingdom is really about the search uh, itself. And so, you know, the same thing happens with people who find out that, oh, my father is not my father. Who is my father? Mm. You know, or mm. and same with donor conceived, uh, whether they have that information or not. So at Ghost Kingdom, uh, the message of that 
is like you said a few minutes ago was it does it takes a magnifying glass to uh the search itself and i think a lot of people can relate uh beyond just the specific adoption um community right march 30th mm -hmm. through april 1st in louisville kentucky I, uh, at Ghost Kingdom, will be screening uh, that Friday, March 31st, okay. at 8 p.m. Great. I'm excited to be able to attend that conference. And another adoptee just kind of let me know about it a couple of months ago, and I just signed right up. I said, this is going to be great, because actually Louisville is maybe about three hours from yeah, yes. Yeah, so. I thought it was close to you. Yeah, because you're in Tennessee. Tennessee, right, right? I'm in Nashville, right? Yeah. So it's perfect. Oh. Yeah, and then after the conference, I'll head on to Chicago. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> where I'm from? Yes. Yeah, where you're from? Yeah. I've never been to Louisville, so I'm kind of excited to go to Louisville. Oh yeah, I like Louisville. 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 I, I gotta hear. Teach me how to say it. Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I say it, Louisville. Louisville. <clears throat> Thank you for I correcting me, too, on the title. I, I didn't realize it's at Ghost Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, that's so, important. <laughs> I, it is important. Yes. I think it's important. But I realize I got a little too artsy. I might have been a little too creative with that title. <laughs> because nobody gets it right at first. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna get it right at Ghost Kingdom. <laughs> Excuse me, I know. So, as you know, it's about it, 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 you know the 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 film is about a guy reaching out virtually to possible relatives. You know, as he's going on this search, he's on Facebook. He, he you know he's he's emailing. He, he's on he's messaging. Right. He's, He's on the phone and, you know, it's everything is virtual and, and that ties into the ghost kingdom. You know, what, what is the virtual wor world? Is it real? You know, and it's kind of like I'm talking to all these ghosts and that ties into the ghost kingdom, which you and I can discuss uh, in a little bit, too, you know, of all these um, fantasies and illusions that we have or maybe some would say delusions that we have about who our mothers are, who our fathers are, who our children are, who, you know, we kind of roam around in that ghost kingdom. And so I wanted the at there because that is, <laughs> that's what everybody has these days is, is a handle, right? right, uh, uh, right. That at symbol. And that's why I put it on there. And it's all one word at ghost kingdom uh, as if it literally is uh, a handle, you know, this kind of virtual, invisible, is it real kind of world. But it is confusing. <laughs> I've run into problems because there are some websites. I can't do that. I can't write at ghost. I can't use the at symbol. So right. like Spotify, we have a soundtrack for it, but it wouldn't let us put at there. You know, I guess uh, uh, tw uh, um, Instagram uh, has a uh, <laughs> has a lock on uh, on the at symbol. I can't I can't use it all the time. And uh, it's it's kind of annoying. It's hard. So I, I think I got I might have gotten a little too creative there. <laughs> but, but <laughs> well, I like it. it. I think it's but thank you. Mm -hmm. It means a lot. It means right? a lot. I think it yeah. Means a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Well, so everybody, it's at Ghost Kingdom. At right. Ghost Kingdom. That's right. 
<laughs> I say that on my on my press release now too. I, I, in parentheses, I put uh, spelled as written <laughs> or right. pronounced as written. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew we were going to have a good time today. <laughs> so, I know quite a bit about your story, your adoption journey, but for the listeners, there's so many things that are quite interesting about it. And so for the listeners, wherever you want to start and however much you want to share. Yeah, yeah, I can give some of the bullet points. And then if you want to dive into something or unpack something, just uh, let me know. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I was born in Kansas City on the Missouri side, so the closed record side. Some of your listeners may know that Kansas, the records have always been open. I was born on the closed side. And adopted through Catholic Charities. I was only in foster care for, I don't know, three or four months. So pretty much right after birth. My parents have always been open with me that that, that I was adopted. So I, I never really remember a time uh, not knowing I was adopted. Uh, and I really don't even remember the time when they first told me. It, it was just always there, which I highly appreciate. Yeah, I do too. Same with my story. Right? You too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I, it, yeah, <laughs> because as you and I know, if if they're keeping it secret, then there must be something wrong with us, right? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we take we take a lot of shame on ourselves. And then you're and then you're like also like if you were untruthful about that, what else are you untruthful about? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Yes, I know. So that's that's great. That's good to hear that uh, they were honest with you too. Yeah, uh, when I was 23, I'll jump right to it. When I was 23, now, I don't know how long my mother has had this, but she had a copy of my original birth certificate. She knew somebody on the inside there, uh, I think at Catholic Charities. So she had a friend on the inside of Catholic Charities uh, who made a copy of my birth certificate. What an angel, right? Yeah. Um, and gave it to my mom. Now, I don't know how long my mom was holding on to that, but she gave it to me when I was 23. I guess that was the right age in her mind. Right, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. But there was my mother's name. And on the namespace, the namespace of the birth certificate was blank. And that's that, you know, 20 years or uh, 10, 13 years later, you know, I wrote a play called Blank. And that's, that's what it refers to literally. Anyway, with, with her name there, we looked her up. She was literally in the phone book, and we, we connected um, and reunited. So I reunited with my birth mother when I was 23 years old, just before my 24th birthday. Mm. Uh, How was that? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, it was the most amazing thing in the world mm -hmm. at first, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, it, it was beautiful and, and, and shocking. And I, listen, we could go through all the feelings because I understand that period of, of my life now much better than I understood it then. Right. You know, like you and I were talking before this, it's we've just kind of gained wisdom over all, over all these years. Yeah. Now that, now that we're old ones. <laughs> right. Um, uh, no, Jennifer, for it, 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 the honeymoon period, right? That's how they describe it. You know, you're learning everything about each other and, it, and it's so exciting. And, oh, wow, yeah, I have sun freckles in the exact same spot on my shoulder as you. And, you know, every, everything right. is, is there. And we were email, we ended up emailing every single day and each other and, 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 and then planning when we're going to see each other in person. And, 
uh, it was beautiful. And oh God, uh, it's not that way now, unfortunately. And um, back then, uh, the, the overwhelming part, let me, let me go here. The overwhelming part of that time was my mother, my birth mother was so I'll, I'll, I'll give qualifiers so that your listeners aren't confused. I'll just say birth from my birth mother and my adoptive or adopted mother, but they're both my mothers. Right. I, I was really overwhelmed because she kept wanting to hold me and hug me and, and was, I felt was just so, uh, uh, forward with everything and it overwhelmed me. And I, I had all these foreign emotions that I, I didn't know what they were or where they came from. For instance, uh, when she wrote me, uh, you know, the letter that she wrote me, I, I, I cried on and off uncontrollably for 24 hours. And I didn't know why. I didn't know why. And I, I just didn't understand. And so I think I started pushing her away a little bit, just just at a hand's distance, at arm, arm's length distance. And it's, it was kind of one of those, yeah, I want you, no, stay back there. Yeah, I want you, no, stay back there, you know? Right. Um, but you were so young. I was, yeah, I yeah. was young. Yeah. And I, I just didn't know why that was and what the emotions were that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. Now, when I wrote Blank and was introduced to this amazing community, Adoptee Land, then I started to understand more. I understood why my mother was like that and, and why she just did not want to let go of me. And, right. you know, they, they go back to that time when they relinquished mm -hmm. uh, psychologically. And, and I didn't understand that. Uh, also, I think I went back to the time when I was relinquished and I didn't have language to put to all those emotions. I didn't have language to put to what my body was feeling at that time. So I cried uncontrollably for 24 hours. I just didn't understand. So looking back, oh boy, if I have advice for anybody who's searching, I'd, I'd say find a support group mm -hmm. and learn some of this. Talk, talk to the mothers out there. Talk to other adoptees who have, who have gone through it. So now my birth mother has put the ball in my court fully. She won't reach out on her own. She, she'll totally respond if I make the phone call. Right. She'll totally respond if I say, let's go have lunch. You know, we, we hung out at her house over the holidays. But I'm the one doing all the work now. And it's exhausting me. I'm at that point. And I've told her, I said, you know, you can call me. You know, right? But she's just too scared to go there again because she just she she gave her whole self back to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, then, so it then you... felt another rejection. What, right. What's that? Statement? I'm sorry. I'm yeah. just going to ask you: How do you manage the lack of reciprocity? Uh, well, because <laughs> I know what you so mean. Much... Like I know what you mean. It you you don't want to be the only one initiating contact. No. No, because yeah, Jennifer, you know, at our age now, it's like I I, I choose my friends wisely. Right. If, I'm the one, if, if I'm if I'm the one doing all the work, they're probably not the best friends. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. This is different. This is more than a friend, um, because I know she loves me, Jennifer. And and anytime I send texts or photos of my daughters, I have two daughters. You know, her grandchildren. You know, she always responds. She's always responding, but. 
I'm the initiator. And there's only so much I can do because she has to deal with her side of it. And I've I've told her, uh, you know, you can call me. This is I understand now why I acted that way. I didn't mean to push you away. That wasn't my intention at all. I, I but I understand more <laughs> why it seemed that way. And I, I told her, I said, I want you in my life. I want you in my daughter's life. I, you know, you can call me, but it, it, it's hard. It, it's still hard for her. Right. You know. Yeah. I. She went through a terrible situation too, Jennifer, because, uh, you know, I was told I was a product of a rape. A gang raped at that time and uh, uh, in high school she was 16 and and, uh, and then you know she became pregnant at mm-hmm. 16 in a big Catholic family and oh, wow. uh, you know her parents were gonna make her move and and uh, she said she didn't want to give me away but she made a deal with her parents if they didn't make her move away that she would st- that, that that she could she could stay as long as she you know surrenders right. me to adoption right you know, that's that's she that's went through so really sad. Yeah, that's I so know. sad that I know. she went through that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you know, it's been a I mean, just a true blessing that uh I've met so many mothers in, in adoptee land because I've just learned so much about my own mother. Mm-hmm. Um, same here. Oh. Right? Yeah, at that Orlando conference I had Was that a, your first conference? That was my very first one. And I purposely asked to room with the birth mom. And uh, we're still friends to this day. And I learned so much from her. Yeah, and other birth moms that were there. Because my birth mom was sent away, you know, like Ann Fessler's Mm -hmm. book. uh, Yeah, The Girls Who Went Away. And I learned so much about birth moms through that book. So, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we we really have a lot to uh, share and teach and learn uh, from each other. From so each other, th- it's yeah. this is why it's so important what you're doing, Jennifer. This is it's really good. And what you're doing, and, and it, I mean, your contribution has been major, is major to the community. And and I I guess we should just plug again in person <laughs> conferences. Period, because you you get an opportunity to see who's who and. And how they're making a difference in in our adoption community from, yeah. from all sides, right? Yeah, yeah. And e- each one of us, uh, I, I fully believe this, each one of us has something to give. Mm-hmm. You know, the only way to make this world better, to make adoptee land better, is is to help spread awareness. And, and the only way to do that is sharing in our own unique ways, you know, That's whatever... Right whatever that talent is, or, you know, even if it's just standing up in a support group and sharing something, um, it's very important. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it did a world. It, it, <laughs> I tell you, Jennifer, so my experience in reunion with my mother has been complete 180 degrees different than when I reunited with my birth father. Yeah. Because of, <laughs> of what you call adoptee land because of these conferences, because of these support groups, because of the Ann Fesslers right. out there, you know, and, and, uh, uh, um, everybody who, who, all, all those books, you know, whether you're, whether you want to talk, uh, more psychologically with BJ Lifton and Nancy Verrier, or if you want to get into more memoirs like Marcy Keithley and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, Zara and Patrick McMahon, and, you right. know, everybody, you know, whether it's straight out, uh, uh, 
biographical, autobiographical storytelling or if it's psychological. I've just learned so much. Mm-hmm. And that had informed my reunion with my father. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know some, but for the listeners, I just, yeah, what you shared yeah. with me is really something. Well, so as I said, you know, uh, we thought that I was a product of, of rape and, and my, my, uh, my, my birth mother thought she knew which one it was because there were two or three guys, mm-hmm. two or three guys. I look like one of them and she was pretty confident I was his. I, I'll, I'll spare some of the details for some people. Uh, everybody can go see at Ghost Kingdom because that Ghost Kingdom is about the search for that father and connecting with a few families that I thought were were mine. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert! None of them were were my father. So when I did find my father, thanks to Ancestry.com and Twenty Three and Me and uh, my heritage, you know, all those, I was able to find my father to make a long story short. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so for 23 years, we thought I was a product of the rape and uh, I'm not. I connected with my father. I wasn't sure if I was his, but I connected with the family. I connected with a woman that I was pretty sure was my grandmother. Mm-hmm because of names and and she was the only one that had the Kansas City connection. So that's why I was pretty sure I came from her line. And that was this recently, is, right? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is in uh yeah, this is in 2020, mm-hmm. the beginning of 2020. So I knew she had four children, but I was thinking she might have had five, which I'll tell you why in a little bit. Three daughters and one son is what she had. So I sent them all Facebook messages. And I noticed that the son also had an email, like a business email. So I sent him an email, you know, and I'm just saying, hey, I think we may be related, you know, all that stuff that we <laughs> that we uh, try to right. write out. Right. <laughs> Um, I think we may be related. I don't want to impose. I don't want to bother you. You know, all that stuff. Anyway, he responded very quickly and said, I'm happy to help. I know the importance of having a father in your life. So why don't we just start with your uh, mother's name and we'll go from there. And I said, my birth mother's name is this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went to this high school in Kansas City. I was conceived April, May of 1974, and I was born February of 1975. I just aged myself. <laughs> you know, that's that. Mm-hmm. So he responded and he said, I knew your mother. We went on a double date late April, early May of 1974. And things uh, went physically further than we both thought. And I could be your father. I'm happy to do a test. And I fell out of my chair. He's, he was very accommodating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> That's great. To your listeners, this is, this is after 10 hardcore years of searching. Right, right. <laughs> you know, of course. 10 exhausting years. So you can imagine why I, I literally fell out of my chair. I just physically, I just, whoa, I just knew. 
I knew too. I was like, this is him. This I finally yeah. found him. Wow. And I'm, I'm not from the rape. Not that that, not that that matters. Mm -hmm. I, I, I dealt with the psychology of being born of rape and, you know, I went through the whole thing of the rape is not me and all that, but it was a psychological journey to say the least. And it was a journey that I would imagine wasn't easy that you mm -mm. didn't have to go through necessarily, you know, like right. had you, yeah, I don't know. Right. right. I don't know. The things we go through because yeah. it's not real, but at that time it was very real. Right. Talk about the ghost kingdom. Jeez, yeah. the things we go through, uh, and then you think, uh, boy, I didn't have to go through it, but I did. But it made me a stronger person because, Jennifer, that you know, the whole thing is, is adoption happened to us. That's something that happened, right? Right. right. We were born. That was a happening. But I'm not the birth. I'm, I'm a grown man now. Right. You know? adoption happened to me, but I'm not the adoption. Right. You know, I, there are things that my body remembers and, and I'm triggered in certain ways. And there, you know, I've carried on the DNA and I've carried on the trauma from my mother. I've carried on the, the joys and successes. You know, we carry on what our ancestors have, but it's up to us to kind of touch all that. And how can we evolve as a person? Right. That's so, right. Go, you know, you know, my mother was was raped, but I'm not the rape. I, no, I, I don't right. have anything to do with that. I'm glad you shared that's, and and put it like that. Yes. You know, yeah. 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 So I'm not that. Now, <laughs> when you first hear that, you know, you th we were so. We're so locked on identity these days, Jennifer, right? Mm -hmm. Like, who am I? And we throw everything. Well, I'm I'm born of a rape. I'm, I'm a rape child, you know, or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, it could be something simple. I'm a lawyer. Well, you're not a lawyer your whole life. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're, you yeah. know, you, you know, we are beautiful expressions in each moment of this life that is unfurling constantly. Mm -hmm. So going through that journey, even though it didn't happen and it's not real, quote unquote, it has helped me uh, become, uh, I think, a better human being and I'm more aware of what this life is and what this life has to offer and what we go through. Because, you know, that, that was very informative. Yeah. And, and what's coming up for me now is that we learn and we probably will spend the rest of our lives learning what is the truth. Yeah. You know, like, you, yeah, it's like, okay, this is what I know now. And then something could be added later mm -hmm. that reframes it again. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The only thing that's true, really, <laughs> is the impermanence of life. I mean, everything changes. Change is the only constant. And then I think that's, you know, that that's where we suffer. I mean, you know, we can get into Buddhism big time. here. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> that's when we suffer, right? Because yeah, you and I, when, were we when we talked some weeks ago, mm -hmm. we talked about that, like being attached to things, being too yeah. attached. That's when we suffer. I'm glad you said yes. that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so uh, too that's attached to an identity. Yep. And now I'm thinking about people who are like real serious sports fans right like their oh. team that their team goes in i mean these oh, are yeah. athletes right they've been they, they, they get paid big bucks because they're good and they lose yeah. a game and yeah. then 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and their fans are right. all been out of shape because they're I so know. attached. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I was one of those people. I was a maniac. <laughs> I, I was, I, I'm a bit, hey, and I'm going to plug them right now. I'm a big Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs fan because y'all heard me. I'm from Kansas City. And I, I like know, the Chiefs I, too, though. <laughs> I used, oh, Patrick Mahomes is the man. I mean, yes, come on. Yeah. Uh, he's so exciting. I, I tried. I've been like, oh, I'm going to distance myself from the NFL. And then Patrick Mahomes just pulls me right back in. He's like, he's like a little kid playing in the backyard. But uh, he's amazing. But mm-hmm. then the Chiefs are, you know. But I grew up, you grew up in that environment. And I used to watch Chiefs games. And, oh, man, I'd, I'd yell at the TV. And, right. you know, I'd feel like I was out there on the field. Yeah. That's how people yeah. act. Something. <laughs> like they're out there on the field, like shooting up. It's just so funny. Uh, so sports is big. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've definitely let go of some of that, but I'm still, I still root hardcore and I'm very scared of the Bengals, uh, coming into Arrowhead this, uh, this Sunday, but go chiefs. We'll, we'll get that out. Right. But back, back to the, the attachments so we can, you know, sometimes when we find out what our primal wound is or our wound, we can attach ourselves to the wound. We can attach ourselves to being a victim, you know, and mm-hmm. always making that the excuse. But there's a there's a moment where you don't evolve beyond that if you attach. So right. we got to go down and touch that wound somehow, you know. We got to we got to caress that wound. We got to cradle that wound. We got to we got to take we got to have to empower ourselves to move beyond the womb. Yeah. wound, beyond yeah. the wound, and the womb. <laughs> I said right. womb by accident, but that, but we got to go back to the womb too. And it's it, it, it's up to us to, to, to find that power. And, and this is how we can help each other in the communities, too. But, you know, the wound and some of those triggers may always be there. Mm-hmm. It's just how we look at them. It's, it's how we let that wound affect us. Right. It's, and, this, and Jennifer, this is different than suppressing or denying it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying how do we live with it mm-hmm. and how can we move beyond where that wound uh, may cause us to make bad choices or to react negatively that is not helpful to ourselves nor to the people around us. Yes. So how can, we, how can we unattach from the wound but still be there, look at it from a different angle, examine it, caress it, hold it, hug it, love it, and move forward with it in a more positive way. And that's a challenge. Yeah, it is a you challenge, know? but it can be done. And, and we see we see adoptees doing it. We see the thriving adoptees. We, yeah, we, something happened to us, but it doesn't something. define us. And, and, exactly. and I do think there's something very special in non-attachment. Yes. Yeah, I really yes. do. And it ain't easy. You and I are talking like, yeah, just don't be attached to it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's nothing. No, it's nothing it's not easy, easy about it. And 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 for me, I have to be intentional. I think being connected or better connected to the adoption mm. community has has just been so beneficial yes. to my healing and you know Good. being able to yeah being able to talk to people like you and and go to conferences and. And spend time, I guess, learning and growing yeah. and understanding, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And just well, getting better. Yeah. 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 So what has yeah. been most rewarding for, 
for you being connected to the adoption community? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> there's so many. I, mean, I think we've already even spoken about a lot of them, just the, just the self-awareness and the self-understanding. And, uh, you know, the adoption community, the most rewarding was one of the first few times I went there. And Orlando was the second conference I, I went to. They helped break down some walls, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they helped chisel away at some walls so things were opened up to me and understood. Listen, I, I wrote blank. I set out to write my play blank uh, because of some artistic goals. I didn't know it would lead to therapy. <laughs> I, you, know, you didn't see that coming. <laughs> no, no. And uh, so, I, you know, I performed blank for eight weeks and then at a few festivals. And then when I performed at Cub, the Concerned United Birth Parents Retreat out here in Carlsbad, California, that was the first time I'd ever been in a room filled with this community. Mm. And I could feel it. I was performing blank. I, I had all that energy like in the room, everybody's energy right there. And I just knew as an artist that, oh, people get this. And then I started hearing my own lines come out of my mouth in a completely different way. And I understood what I wrote for the first time. Mm. That's what the community did to me. Wow. They opened me up. I wrote the play blank from my subconscious. Mm. (laughs) And the adoptee community, the adoption community, because the mothers and fathers out there too, and some adoptive parents, they brought what I wrote subconsciously out to my conscious, out to the conscious level. Mm -hmm. So I understood way more what I wrote and understood why I wrote it, if that makes sense. So my audience taught me. (laughs) I say my audience, but they're my brothers and sisters sisters out there. So I, I just understood it on another level. And that's the thing about art. Art is, you know, it's, it's, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? It, it, it means something different to everybody. And there are so many different levels. And as an artist, I understood my play a lot more thanks to the community. Because I would say, oh, that's why I wrote this line. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what that line really means. Oh, my God. And then the deeper I was able to dive into myself and understand myself. And then, of course, it led to me going to a few other conferences. It led to me joining... Um, a support group out here, the Adopt, uh, uh, the Adopt Salon out here by Celia Center and Jeanette Yoth. So that has really, really helped me uh, big time. So That's great. lots of rewards. Thanks. Thanks to them. I'm very humble and grateful. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. So was there anything else you wanted to say about your biological father? Because it, it feels know. like we, it's we, so new. We, we, the reunion. I know we just kept moving, <laughs> jumping around. Well, that, that's hey, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pause it. Pause it. Rewind. Let's see where I left. Where we where we got off track there. And then we're gonna. <laughs> I know. I think I was saying, Jennifer, that because of uh, what I know now, it, you know, it was just a different experience reuniting with my father because I have this knowledge and and my self knowledge and you know wisdom with age, I guess. It was just a different reunion experience. Uh, I knew how to, I understood my emotions more. I was able to navigate. I was also able to kind of help him. Right. uh, Because he was, he didn't know anything about me. 
And well, you uh, fell so, out of the chair. Remember, you fell out of the chair. I picture you falling out of the chair. And so, and yeah, that was a release, right? Because yeah. of 10 hard years, very emotional, exhausting years of searching. Right. Uh, it, it, you know, that's, I say it's an ending, but now, you know, a new relationship is always a beginning, also. Mm-hmm. You know, this is another thing that we could God, we see we could talk for hours. <laughs> well, you gotta person. come back. I know you'll come back. <laughs> like after like, we do know, the Louisville we'll, yeah, yeah, you'll come yeah, back yeah. on. Yeah, we'll do a live Louisville thing. <laughs> um so uh, or a live Louisville a live Louisville thing. Um so <laughs> You know, the reunion is people think it's an ending, you know, oh, it's beautiful. Boom. It's an ending credits roll. But really, it's the beginning, too, because I have a friend who says that uh, uh, the reunion itself is just base camp at Mount Everest, because then you got to climb this relationship. (laughs) You know, you got to you got to figure out this relationship ahead of you. And, And as I had discussed earlier that my relationship with my birth mother has been a roller coaster. Uh, yet we still love each other. We still talk, but it's, it's complicated, man. So this relationship with my father right now, we, we text all the time. Uh, we talk on the phone maybe once every few weeks. Uh, he also reaches out to my daughters, checks in with them. They love it. You know, they got another grandpa checking up on them. So you got um, that reciprocity going on with him. I do. Yeah, I do. But then nice. again, that was, res- it was it was reciprocal at first with my mother, too, you know, mm-hmm. and it changed. So, yeah, it, it is it is different. It is different. And uh, my fathers met each other at, at my daughter's volleyball game. So both of my fathers uh, met. That was a cool moment. Yeah, that is. You know, because uh, that can be stressful. But I think because my experience with all the conferences and support groups, I, it, it, it was great. I was more excited than nervous this time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, but it's still new in a way. I have a half brother and a half sister with, with my birth father. Uh, and um, I went to their weddings. They both got married shortly after we reunited and they were so kind to invite my wife and I. That's great. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Did you experience yeah. mirroring? Did, Did you, I experience mirroring? What? Do you look like your birth father? Oh, mirroring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. With with my father. Yeah. Siblings um, too. And siblings. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But there's other things that are very similar mm-hmm. uh, as well. You know, I met uh, my father's sisters. They still live in Kansas City. Two of them, and uh, I went and had lunch with them. And they kept saying, like, the way I was sitting or if I moved my arm a certain way, they kept saying, oh, my gosh, that's, right. that's my brother. Yeah. That's my brother right there. <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's more than just looks. You know, a lot of us uh, cling on to the looks. And, you know, that's how we grow up. We're like, we're looking for our mom on the streets. Oh, that woman has my eyes. Is, that, is she my mother? <laughs> right. Um, you know, uh, and, but there's even more than that. Uh, my sister uh, was in theater. And, and she works in the world of theater right now. <laughs> I, my, my singing does not go beyond the shower or beyond the steering wheel. I'm, I, I, <laughs> I'm not a big singer. <laughs> but she got those genes. And my grandmother was on her way. She was on the professional track uh, for being a singer. So there is performing in, in the genes, mm-hmm. you know. 
there's also sports. I played, you know, all sports and I'm a big sports fan. My father was a Kansas Jayhawk, uh, played tennis. My brother at the University of Houston played baseball. And my daughter plays volleyball uh, for University at Albany wow. in New York. And so we have three generations of Division One athletes, mm. you know. So there's all this stuff that, right. uh, yeah, is definitely mirroring. And, and there's a confidence that comes with that, right? Sure. Now, in your adoptive family, did you experience any of those, seeing any of the things that you were interested in? It was tough. And I was always hard on myself, uh, uh, um, uh, a lot of self-doubt, uh, not as much confidence uh, because of this. Mm -hmm. A lot of my interests lay outside. And my mom, even my adoptive mom, even said to me, Brian, we just don't know how to help you uh, because we don't know anything about theater. Right. You know, she, and she expressed frustration. You know, I, I could see her love and she wanted to. <laughs> You know, for many years, it, it was just such a struggle, and we butted heads over every choice I made in my life mm -hmm. because it just wasn't. It just it's just not what they're used to, what they grew up with. So you know, I, I was outside of my tribe. You know, right. we we come into other tribes. That's that's how it is. It doesn't mean they don't love. They didn't love me or anything like that. It's just, and my my adopted mother really expressed frustration and said, "We just don't know how to help you." Yeah. And that was that was the first and I was older. I was older then, you know. I was probably 19, 20 or something when she expresses to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a big difference. Mm -hmm. That's one thing too. I think non-adopted people don't necessarily have to navigate, you know, um and I'm thinking right now of an adoptee who had two siblings that were biological to their parents and they were both like really on this fast track of becoming uh lawyers and or a doctor, and they were just excelled so well in school and were very ambitious, just like their parents. And she, as the adoptee, didn't have any of that. Like, she, her talents lied elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, you, you, you're wondering why you don't measure up well when, or I shouldn't say measure up, you're not experiencing the same uh, strengths as everybody that's biologically related to each other in the family are and you you kind of feel like is it something wrong with me when really it's just not yeah that's not your tribe and, yeah, and that's a big deal yeah it's you know to yeah. be away from your tribe um, in that re yeah. respect yeah 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 I so I grew up both of my siblings were biologically related to my parents my adoptive parents oh you're uh, in a similar situation yeah, yeah yeah we're all successful in our own means right. you know I'm not saying no, their lives are much more similar to what my parents right. did. Right, yeah. Uh, and I'm way, way, way different. It's how do you nurture as a parent, you know, being a parent now, because I have two daughters, and when I see their interests, I, I know, I, I think it's more, it's easier for me to be able to nurture their interests because I understand them a little more, exactly. even if it's slightly different. It's not, I'm... You and I are not, I want to be clear to the listeners out there, we're not saying that just because we're different, we're not saying that just because we're adopted, we're way different and we can't be successful out there or, you know, or it can't happen to someone who's biologically related to a parent to be different from their parent. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're just, ex we're expressing our 
experience here mm-hmm. as a dom. Exactly. You know? And as a parent, I, I I just think I I know how to nurture my children a little bit more because of their interests. Mm-hmm. Obviously, someone biologically related can have different interests than their own parents. Sure. But there's something that runs through. It's so hard to explain because, <laughs> you know, I even just started really stumbling over myself because when we go to a conference, we don't have to explain ourselves that much. We, we know exactly what we're saying <laughs> right, and what yeah. we mean. And, and so, you know, when we try to express it, someone say, well, I, I dealt with that. I'm like, yeah, but you don't. There are things that are. Un, it's hard to explain. So let me, I'm going to tell a story and I'm going to see how this comes out. Okay, <laughs> you can decide yeah. to cut it if you want. But I went th- on a fishing trip with my brother. So my brother and sister are like my best friends. Okay. So we went on a fishing trip with my father, my brother and I, kind of a guy's fishing trip up in Canada because that's what we do. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but we're on the boat. My father and brother were talking. They, they were just doing, I don't know, they were talking or doing something. And I just, I just saw something that, okay, those two are related. Like, I just saw, I saw like this invisible golden thread that connected them. Uh, just the way that they were communicating with each other, their facial expressions, their, their instincts off each other. It, it, it was just there. And you can't explain it. It just, it's there. It right, exists. Right. And I'm like, I don't have that. I have a great relationship with my father, with my brother, with my, fam- with my adoptive family. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's something that isn't there that is the natural connection. Sure. And it's hard to explain. And I hope I'm making sense. And I also well, I think so. Yeah, that was a great story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not I'm not insulting anybody. I'm not I'm not, you know, we adoptees can be like, you know, we don't want to step on our especially our adoptive family's feelings because we don't want to be rejected by them and all that. You know, two things can be true. I can love my adoptive family and I can also you know, love my birth family and, and have the desire to search for my birth family and have the desire to have a relationship with my birth family. Two things can be true. I, I just kind of want to make some of that clear. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I think you explained it for the listener that may not be an adoptee, because I think our uh, adoptees will de- definitely get it. I used to see what you're talking about, what you described between my father and his brothers and oh yeah I used to yeah and I I really couldn't put words to it I just could you know I could tell there's just something there when it comes to being biologically related to someone yeah 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 something else there I should say yeah yeah well you hear a lot of us say you know I just felt like there was a hole inside me growing up or I felt like I was missing a limb Mm -hmm. or I felt like I wasn't really walking on the ground. I was just kind of floating around, not knowing who I was or where I was and all that. You know, there are all these stories about how adoptees feel. And that's part of it. It's that golden thread that that grounds us, that gives us confidence in who we are, where we see the mirroring, where we understand each other's instincts just a little bit more. Yep. So yeah. True. 
Well, I know we're kind of running out of time here, and I really want to value your time. I do value your time. And (laughs) I I know that as an award-winning actor and screenwriter, you're working on a new play titled Final Interview, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Yeah, yeah. So I'm, it, a friend of mine wrote it. Uh, I'm just an actor in it. It's a play called Final Interview. It's, um, so you're starring we, in it. Yeah, yeah. It's basically a two-person play. Uh, it's actually three people. Uh, lovely woman Dana is in it briefly, but it's mainly two, two of us on stage the whole time. Okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah. And then I'm doing a Neil Simon piece up at Mammoth Lakes up in the mountains in February doing Plaza Suite by Neil Simon. Uh, so, yeah, I'm fortunate right now to be a little busy. Oh, that's great. But I am working on a couple scripts uh, in, you know, pertaining to adoptee land. I can't get into the details, but great. hopefully uh, hopefully I'll be coming up with uh, coming out with a couple other things in the next year or two. So. Well, I yeah. really look forward to seeing you again in March in Louisville. I can't wait to see you in March, Jennifer. We're going to have so much oh, fun. Oh, it's going to be great. And I guess in closing, is there anything I didn't ask you that you'd like to share? No, you know, we probably got... <laughs> we got a lot of on my father a couple times. But uh, we could save it for another conversation. Yeah, I think I'd, we had a I'd love for you to come back. I hope you will. I'd love to come back. Yeah. yeah, just let me know and we'll work it out. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It's just been so much fun. I hope we didn't do too much laughing. I know I did a lot for the listener. Oh. That's what happens when you, you're having a good time. So That's right. That's right. <laughs> laughing is healing. Laughing is healing, too. We don't need to be so serious all the time about our primal wound. We can laugh at our wound every now and then. That, that's so true. <laughs> Brian recently starred in a new play titled Final Interview, performed in Los Angeles, California, and will immediately move on to star in Plaza Suite by Neil Simon this month in Mammoth Lakes, California. Please check him out if you live in and around that area. If you have the opportunity to make the NAP Right to Know Untangle Your Roots Summit next month in Louisville, Kentucky, Brian will be presenting at Ghost Kingdom in person. What a wonderful treat for all of us who will be in attendance. And I'll get to meet you too if you register for the weekend. In June, Brian will present at Ghost Kingdom in Vancouver for the Forget Me Not Family Society. Brian's perspective about attachment and or over-identifying with parts of our journey as an adoptee resonates with me. Relinquishment and adoption are experiences that happen to adoptees that may have resulted in a trauma or traumas, but we are not our traumas. It's enjoyable to know that he was able to see the misinformation given to him as an opportunity to become a more compassionate and empathetic person, even after learning the truth of his beginnings. Thank you, Brian, for having this fun, uplifting, and informative conversation with me. I love how we were able to plug the upcoming summit for the adoption community and hopefully encourage at least one other person to say yes to spending time with members of the Constellation. It's always something special and meaningful about being in person with those we have only met in virtual spaces since 2020. 
I trust that as we continue to grow in fellowship with other adoptees, we each do our part to help one another thrive. If you like Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow and or give a five-star rating so that others can find it too. During the course of your day, we hope that you will tell at least one friend or someone who you believe might find value in it. Word of mouth is the best way to grow the show. Remember to share this podcast on social media to spread the word. If you seek to be an ally of the adoption community, we hope that you will consider making a donation to keep the show going at patreon.com forward slash adopteeland. Your contribution allows a weekly episode free of advertisement and is greatly appreciated to add a valuable resource to the adoption community. Thank you for being here.